Good morning, Bethel family. I'm so glad you've joined us again on this beautiful Sunday. The weather's outside. I know there's lots of things you could be doing, but I wanna commend you for saying we're gonna honor Jesus on the first day of the week and the first mornings, uh, uh, the first uh, a.m. time, you're gonna come and gather and worship together, and I'm so glad that you're with us. You just saw a video of a couple missionaries that we support around the world. Uh, They're in Italy, got the Ness family down in Central uh, South America, Jeremiah and Marjorie Campbell and others that we support throughout the world. Today I just wanted to give you a little bit of like uh, what it looks like to be partners with people that are not here in Lewis County but are missionaries serving around the globe and how they've been affected also by COVID-19. I wanna show you one more clip. This is a clip, let me just set this up took place last week in Panama City. Rod Boyd is a missionary there that we all support, you support his family. And there in Panama City, amidst all of these tall apartment buildings, the police are out there and they're encouraging those people who live in those apartments. Not only are they encouraging them and to, to stay the course, of course they're all quarantined, but the police are leading the group of people in prayer and worship unto the Lord and even give an altar response. Let's watch a little bit of that clip and you can see what I'm talking about. Here's Panama City. So you could see just the environment of what's happening here. These are songs being sung unto the Lord, worship songs. And you can hear them say amen, amen, which is the only Spanish word I really know. But I love what God is doing amidst this pandemic that's going worldwide, global, that Jesus is being lifted up and the gospel is continuing to be spread. So I wanna say thank you for partnering, for being a part of the mission, not just here at Bethel Church, but globally. And I wanna say thank you for that. As a matter of fact, I wanna give you a high five. Can I do that? I just feel like I wanna give a a virtual hug. Would you uh, get up from your couch, just come on over and give me a virtual high five right here, right there, come on. Some of you are slow. I'll wait for you. All right, there you go, boom. Awesome, okay, that's for you. Since I can't hug you, I can't handshake your hand, and um, I know sometimes my, my granddaughter, Amber, we enjoy doing that. We do some virtual hugs and handshakes and blow kisses, but that's for all of you. We just desperately miss seeing you. But I'm glad you're here today. Um, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, the eyes of the Lord search the earth to strengthen those who are committed to him. And I know many of you who are faithful, faithful to give, faithful to pray, and faithful to trust the Lord. So thank you for that. Thanks for giving. As a matter of fact, I appreciate all that you that are, are sending in a gift or your offering or supporting the missions offerings. Thank you for being faithful to the Lord. 
you that who are generous givers, you are the ones that are planned givers and you put it in your budget. I just so appreciate what you are doing and um, we're grateful for that. The best way to give obviously is online as Jeannie explains, so many of you are doing that. Thank you and that's the most convenient and the easiest way to do that. So God bless you for your giving. Matter of fact, I wanna just pray. Can I do that? I wanna pray over all of you First of all, that God would continue to bless you, but also he'll take care of you who have been affected negatively in your finances from this thing. So would you just pray with me? And you that are, have just been overly blessed, abundantly blessed, would you also pray for those who are walking through a difficult time financially? Um, it was kind of cool this last week, I had a conversation with one young man who received the stimulus package, and he says, man, I really don't need this stimulus package, I'm doing fine. I says, well, why don't you try giving some of that to the Lord? And so that's what his, his plan is to do that. So thank you, let's pray together. Can we do that together? Heavenly Father, we just acknowledge that you are our provider, not the government, that all good gifts come from you. God, I pray that you would sustain us through this time, that we would stretch in the areas of our trust and our faith. God, we acknowledge you to be our provider. And I pray, God, for especially those who are affected by this pandemic in a negative financial way, that you would lift them, that Lord, you would provide for them and be their resource. We thank you for you are good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I just want to celebrate a couple things that we see around um, our community. It was really great on Easter. Some of you sent in some pictures and posted those. I love the artwork that was done. Some families that just said, we just want to declare he is risen. And so here they made some, some cool things and put it out there on the street corner. And I love what some of the ki kids were doing, the children. We're doing some sidewalk chalk, and I love that we can participate in, in bringing the message of Jesus outside our home in a certain way, and even express it on the sidewalk, so kudos to you families and to the kids. Um, rejoice in the Lord, and other messages that they shared. So I just love what you're doing. Please remember, we're gonna do communion in a little bit at the end of the message, so if you haven't prepared that, maybe you can take a moment now and go get those things ready because we wanna do that together at the end of our, our message today. So if you've got your Bibles, we're gonna be going again to Psalms 23 in just a minute. Um, we're talking about untroubled hearts, untroubled hearts. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled, but trust in me, I go to prepare a place for you, trust in me. And so we've been talking about untroubled hearts for the last several weeks because it's easy for us to become anxious in times of uncertainty. But Jesus is absolutely certain and we can trust him in times of uncertainty. So if you've got your Bible, we're gonna look at, of course, um, Psalms 23 in just a minute, and we'll read it aloud together. But just to set up the message today, I want you to watch this little clip um, of a sheep who's being rescued. Here is the shepherd trying to get this sheep unstuck. It's quite dramatic. And just so you know, um, the sheep did not die in this video. So there's a little disclaimer. Let's watch as we... Uh, see this rescue happen today. Um, so, but isn't that just like us? Isn't that like 
many times we get rescued, God comes and rescues us, and then what do we do? We step in another hole, fall off another edge, get stuck in another fence. It's so much like us. So today we're gonna continue to talk about sheep and the Lord being our good shepherd. So if you've got your Bibles, let's look at this Psalms 23 together, and let's go ahead and let's read it aloud, and we're gonna be looking at verse five particularly today. Um, Read it aloud with me, ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I hope you're looking at that, and kids, again, I hope you're memorizing that. As a family, I hope you're memorizing it. We should all know this, Psalms 23. It's such a great picture of who we are and how we respond to the Good Shepherd. So today we're gonna be looking particularly at verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What does that mean? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Again, I'm grabbing some great information from a wonderful book on uh, The Lord is My Shepherd. It's a tremendous book and he shares in this book how the shepherd goes to the plateau, the, the whole goal is to get the sheep into a place, a pasture that's safe, but a pasture that has lots of vegetation, a, a pasture where they can be fed well and be well nourished. But it's quite a process for the shepherd to get us there. One of the things that I discovered from this book was that the shepherd will go ahead of the sheep, he'll go there in advance, and he'll overlook the fields where he's gonna take the sheep long before he takes the sheep there. Many times in those fields, he'll find things that are dangerous and are detrimental to the sheep's health, such as what I came across. Um, Sometimes in these meadows, he'll find these white camas flowers. I didn't know what a white camas flower is, but I guess there's an assortment of these. But this is what one looks like. It's just a beautiful little flower. Looks like it's got a little heart inside of it. Um, it looks just like a, another flower. But what we discover is that this white camas flower, also known as mountain death camas. That's right, it's very extremely poisonous. And if a lamb just nibbles on a little bit of it, likely that lamb will become paralyzed. He'll stiffen up like a wood block and die of toxic poison from these little flowers. Interesting that the shepherd, he goes to these fields to make sure that all of that poisonous, any flower that's going to be detrimental is extracted, is pulled up. And you can, many times you can just picture that shepherd just carrying these things, probably by the piles full, but will carry those things out to make sure that these pastures are suited for the sheep 
long before the sheep get there. Other times, the, the, the shepherd will also take minerals such as salt into these fields to prepare them, to make them better. His hope is that the sheep will graze in the very best possible pastures. So we can be thankful for that. You know, it's much like I think sometimes as parents, we try to, of course, make sure our kids eat well, don't we? And we try to rid their diets of sugar or too much candy or fatty things or desserts. And yet, we can be also careless about what images they see or things they listen to in music, video games. There are so many evil, perverted things that are coming at us today, and it's up to us as parents, just as the good shepherd tries to eliminate those kinds of things from our diet to make sure that we are healthy. So he prepares a table for us. He says he does it in the presence of my enemies. The shepherd warns us about enemies. Um, Do you remember when Jesus warned Peter? Do you remember this just a few weeks ago? We kind of talked about that. But Jesus warned Peter and he said, Satan desires to tempt you and to sift you like wheat. Jesus was pointing out that Peter's faith might be in the balance and there, there would be a difficult time for him. As we all know the story about Peter, he did deny Jesus three times and Jesus warned him. John 10 says, you have an enemy and he's like a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy us. We have a, an enemy and Jesus warns us about that. Um, so we need to be careful about that. Usually, It's the roamers, it's the sheep that are the wanderers that were picked off by predators, picked off by enemies, those wolves or the cougar. It's usually the isolated sheep that becomes the first target of the enemy. And so it's a good question for you to ask yourself, am I among uh, friends and fellowshipping among other believers or am I a wandering, isolated sheep? Because if you are, you will become a target. Um, So we can sometimes think, hey, I'm fine, I'm strong, I will never never give it to temptation, I won't struggle as others do. It's so interesting when you think back to the history of the Titanic ship, and you remember that story. Of course, when they found the Titanic ship, uh, the captain was the guy who said, this thing will never sink, right? It had, it had six different cavities within the bottom of that ship that were all airlocked, airtight, and they thought there's no way this ship would ever sink. And so what they expected is they expected when they discovered the ship at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean in 1984, they expected that the gash in that boat must have been so long because it must have cut a hole in the bottom of that ship through every one of those cavities. But what they discovered was interesting. They only discovered a short gash. The iceberg had only burst through one of the cavities. But somehow on the inside of the ship, those cavities, those compartments were compromised and the water only had to get into one compartment before it could reach the second and the third before all six compartments were compromised and that ship sunk within minutes, costing thousands of lives. Isn't it interesting? You know, it's just like us. Just one compromised area can sink the rest of us. 
just one area. That's why integrity is so very important. Just one rotten spot in our lives, just one area that we're willing to let slide or slip a little bit. And the enemy comes in and he does his damage. So not only does the the shepherd prepare the table of food, but the other thing the shepherd does is that the shepherd clears out the water holes for his sheep. They need food and they need water. So have you ever noticed how disgusting some of the mud mud puddles are that, that dogs will drink out of and sheep do the same thing? It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, the shepherd will be trying to lead them to clean water, but on their way to clean water, they'll stop and they'll drink from these disgusting mud holes, these puddles filled with filth and dirt. As a matter of fact, they're riddled with parasites and disease because other sheep have walked in front of them and they've done what other sheep do in those puddles, right? Disgusting kinds of things. And then the next sheep comes along and will drink from that puddle that just got, yeah, well, you know, you get the idea. And it's disgusting. The truth is we fill ourselves with disgusting things as well. Our minds and our hearts are filled with this disgusting things. Interesting that the ancient prophet Jeremiah said it this way, Jeremiah 2.13, here's what he said. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and honed out cisterns for themselves. In other words, dug out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Not only have we forsaken God, but we have dug other places where we're drinking from. We have gone to other places to try to sustain ourselves. Other things that we fill our lives with. You know, worse than filling our garbage, or our, excuse me, worse than filling our garage with garbage is filling our minds with garbage. I call it truth substitutes. And it's true. This is, this is a, a great time to clean out our garage, but it's also a great time to clean out our hearts. You know, as Americans, we're pursuing all kinds of other things, aren't we? We crave all kinds of other things, and we pursue knowledge and science and academics and individuality, but we also pursue sexual adventures, other things that are ungodly, unwholesome, even in our culture, our, our music. We're, we're trying to reach for things that we think will satisfy us, but it never does, and it always leaves us more wanting That's what sheep do without a shepherd. The sheep will eat more than they should eat and they'll drink what they shouldn't drink. It sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? I have yet to meet a truly happy hippie. Now I hope it doesn't offend any of you. It seems like hippies are always looking for something more. But do you remember seeing the picture of Jesus with a lamb around his neck? Do you remember this picture growing up? I remember, and this this lamb would be kind of snuggled around Jesus' neck and he'd be carrying the lamb. And I used to think, oh, lambs are so cute. And they're so cuddly. That's what Jesus is doing. He's just kind of cuddling up with this little lamb. And then some smart teacher shared with me really what was going on there. The truth is that little lamb that Jesus is carrying around his neck was the one that kept wandering off, right? And eventually the shepherd had to do the hard thing and take that lamb and break that lamb's leg. That's right, 
so it couldn't wander off. So the lamb was, was then with a broken leg, had to be carried. Matter of fact, so the shepherd had to protect it, the shepherd had to transport it, the shepherd had to do everything for that lamb, but it kept that lamb, that lamb had to be disciplined and then carried for a time. And as that lamb healed, it learned its lesson because it couldn't run off any longer. He had to trust the good shepherd. And over time, that lamb changed its ways. That's what needs to happen with us. That's what the good shepherd is trying to do with us. John 10, 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And it's interesting, there's a lot of voices out there, but do you hear the good shepherd's voice? Do you know his voice? Uh, here's, here's a little clip of a shepherd girl, interesting, and she's calling out to the sheep. Notice how well the sheep hear and respond to their shepherd's voice. Let's watch this. This is a little shepherd girl calling sheep, her sheep. Come on, sheep. sheep sheep come on come on sheep come on sheep come on come on come on sheep good girls come on I'd never seen sheep hop before, but I loved watching this over and over as they hopped over that, that little ditch that they're jumping over. But isn't it great? You know, who's gonna go first? And eventually one starts and then the other begin to follow. But did you just notice how well they knew that shepherd girl's voice? How well they recognized it and then responded to it? Honestly, I wanna be that responsive. As soon as I hear the voice, I want to be the first one that lifts my head and the first one who comes running and the first one who hops over whatever the ditch is that Jesus is calling me to hop over. You know, there's a story, um, 2004, uh, they found and discovered a certain sheep. The sheep's name was Shrek. True story. Shrek lived in New Zealand, one of the herds of sheep there, but Shrek was this sheep that was lost for about six years. Shrek went wandering off 
and uh, never returned home, away from the shepherd, and was hiding in caves and every other kind of place. They had no idea where Shrek was. And Shrek was found, from the time Shrek went missing, six years later, Shrek was found, and this is what Shrek looked like when they found Shrek. He was unrecognizable. I mean, he looked like some Bible character, right? I mean, look at this. What's interesting is that Shrek, of course, grew all this wool, and they took the wool, and of course they sheared Shrek, and Shrek had 60 pounds. It was the world record. 60 pounds of wool came off of one sheep. I mean, you can't even see the eyes there, but here's the wool that came off. It was enough to make like 20 suits, I think, for men or something like that. But unbelievable. But that much weight was carried by Shrek for all those years. Why? Because Shrek wandered off. He was the prodigal sheep, right? The one who wandered off and said, I'm gonna do it on my own. I'm gonna find my own way. I don't need a shepherd. And he carried all that weight. Isn't that such a picture of what we do? That we are prodigals as well and we wander off. We don't wanna listen to the shepherd. We wanna find our own way. We think we can, we're smarter than he is. We can make it just fine without God. And we wander off, and what happens? The burden gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And pretty soon we can't even see where we're going. You know, Shrek thought that he was pulling the wool over the shepherd's eyes. Really, the wool was over his own eyes. He had only fooled himself, nobody else. And Shrek comes home, and of course, just like the prodigal son, they receive Shrek back. But it's easy to see us in Shrek, isn't it? It's easy to see why the Bible compares us to to sheep because we stray from the shepherd and we don't appreciate God's discipline. We don't appreciate his provision and we hide from him and we cling to things that need to be shed from us and we pack all this unnecessary weight and burden. Well, then we come to this part of the verse and let me just close with this. And I love this. It's interesting, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I want you to see this picture. The shepherd actually would anoint sheep with oil. The Bible says that God anointed people with oil. We've heard that before, just as shepherds anoint uh, heads of sheep with oil. Um, This wasn't just a symbol or ritual. Did you know that sheep are very easy targets for flies, for lice, and for ticks. As a matter of fact, flies will land all over the nose of the sheep, its ears, and they'll lay these eggs. And that, those eggs will, of course, um, be, turn into bugs, worms, if you will. Those worms will climb into the ear cavity of the sheep and actually set up right around the brain of the sheep. Can you imagine that? It'll drive that sheep buggy, I mean crazy. And the sheep will actually go insane. They will take their bodies and slam their heads against trees, against rocks, against each other because they've got these, these parasites, these infestations in their brain, eating at their brain. Imagine the pain and imagine the irritation that's going on in that moment. I'm thinking, wow, sometimes that feels like 
me when I'm watching the news, right? That it just feels like it's an irritation in my brain. That what I'm listening to, I just, I'm going crazy. I want to beat my head against something. And that's exactly what happens with a sheep who has not had the oil poured upon its head. So the shepherd, daily or weekly, as often as necessary, will pour that oil over top of that sheep to prevent those flies from landing and laying those eggs on the sheep's mucus and, and nose area. I'm thinking that's exactly what our, sh- our good shepherd does with the Holy Spirit who comes on your life and upon my life. The Holy Spirit comes to calm us. The Holy Spirit comes to set aside the irritations, the things that try to make us anxious, to make us worried, to make us grumbling, to make us uh, turn into people who are just frustrated. And the Holy Spirit comes to bring his comfort. That's one of the names of the Holy Spirit is he is our comforter. You know, there's so many things that could bother us. Pesky things, daily irritations, you know? And if I allow them to burrow deep into my mind, they become part of me. But I have a good shepherd, and I have a a friend, and he will anoint my head with oil. Notice he will do it. It's not a one-time thing, but the Holy Spirit needs to be anointed onto us, and he needs to come daily daily for those frustrations and anxieties that we struggle with. So if we want to live in the power of anointing the Holy Spirit, we, we need to recognize that we need a daily provision of that. As I close, I just want to let you know there's a real prophetic meaning to this verse when we read, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's a real prophetic, that means there's a meaning to this that's even deeper than the here and now, but it's actually for the future. When you think about David, thinking about his frustration, David, his enemies were chasing him, he was intimidated, he was threatened by them, and David thought, will this ever end? Matter of fact, he wrote this Psalm, Psalm 13, verses one through two, he wrote this, how long, O Lord, he says, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And David was hoping for a day where where his good shepherd would come and rescue him. And yet we know that that day happened. The good shepherd, and we know his name, who came and he became the lamb of God. But it says also in John that the good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. He gave his life for us. We celebrated that just a couple weeks ago. That Jesus came to give life for us. And he did that so that we could eat in the presence of enemies. So that we could come to the table of the good shepherd, the good table that he's provided, and we can eat the good blessings from his hand. I remember as a kid going to a a place, a restaurant in Coos Bay, Oregon, where I lived, and I'd go to this place called the King's Table, and imagine the buffet, and I loved going there as a kid. Everything imaginable was there. I didn't have to stop at the vegetables. I could go right to the desserts. I could go to the ice cream machine, and I could eat as much as I wanted. 
Let me just tell you something. There is a day where you and I are gonna be invited to the king's table, where you and I will get to sit with our shepherd, with our good shepherd, and feast and enjoy his wonderful provision. And even in the presence of the, of the enemies, they will not harm us because our good shepherd, he defeated the greatest enemy of all. And that was the enemy of death. He overcame that enemy, that predator, so that you and I would not have to be afraid of that. Do you remember when we started this series, a sheep will never lie down as long as the sheep is hungry or thirsty. If the sheep is anxious or if the sheep's afraid, that sheep will not relax, it will not lay down. But the good shepherd is the one who protects the sheep, feeds the sheep, gives us water to drink, good water to drink. Matter of fact, I love it that when this picture I see of this one shepherd who was drawing water for her sheep, even when we can't get to the water, the good shepherd comes and the good shepherd gives us beautiful living water. This is a picture of us, that even when we couldn't get to the water, the good shepherd, Jesus did all the work to provide living water for us. He did all the heavy lifting, and we owe him our very lives. Would you pray with me today? Would you just bow your head and your heart in this moment, and let's just recognize our need for the good shepherd. Would you do that, the one who restores our soul? Let's pray together, and then we'll take communion in just a few minutes. But Jesus, we just come to you and ask for your forgiveness Because we have been, I know I have been, a prodigal sheep. There's a lot of Shrek inside of all of us. We run from you instead of running to you. Please forgive us for carrying heavier burdens than what we should. We should be laying our burdens down, but instead we run from you and we hide from you and our burdens grow. Forgive us when we become anxious and fearful and when we doubt you, forgive us when we refuse to lay down in green pastures. Lord, forgive us for wanting pastures that appear to be greener, for envying somebody else's life rather than be content with our own. Keep us from wanting what we don't have or wanting what we don't need. And Jesus, I pray today that you would anoint my head that you would anoint our hearts with your oil, the Holy Spirit that calms our irritations, the things that we're walking through in this pandemic, I pray that you calm it, Lord, by your Holy Spirit and allow us to trust what you are doing, that you are faithful in all of this. And you're gonna be faithful, Lord, no matter what happens in our circumstances. So Holy Spirit, please come upon us Protect us from the parasites of this world. Help us to not be controlled by our circumstances, but to be controlled only by you. In Jesus' good name we pray, amen. Thank you for praying that prayer, and I hope you'll just respond in the comments there during this next song, just how is it that you're trusting the good shepherd? What is it he's revealing to you? You're praying for his 
Holy Spirit to anoint you to keep the parasites and to keep those noises and to keep the bugs from coming into your mind and into your brain. But would you just respond, maybe in the comments, to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how I want to respond to my good shepherd today. Let's listen to this song. Let's worship with the team, and then we're gonna come back and take Holy Communion together.